So this is the 15th episode of Infinitely Happier. Anyway, this is I started the Infinitely Happier series uh, last month and I told you that I'm using the podcast for a while to try to talk through some things that I want to write about in this book about being infinitely happier. And so this is episode 15 uh, of, or part 15, I should say, of that series. And I'm going to leave it for a while. We'll call it the end of infinity. We're going to let this rest for a little bit and move on to some other things. For a bit. But I just wanted to kind of bring to you this morning some thoughts, um, some things that were on my mind. This is not a scripted episode. Probably going to ramble a little bit. But I want to pray for you Um during this episode, which I am remiss that I don't think I've done before. You know, I'm always telling you that we're we're praying for you, but I don't know that we've actually ever prayed together. And so today we're going to pray through some things. We're going to talk about some science behind Infinitely Happier. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories, and there's several things I want to share with you before we let this rest and sort of reach the end of infinity for a while uh, and move on to some other stuff. And we'll come back to it when it's time. But I'm, I'm feeling like it's time to do something different for a little bit. Remember that in this series, we've been using um, Proverbs 17, 27, and 28, and the Passion Translation is our sort of theme verse for uh, the ideas around infinitely happier. And that scripture says, can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? That's how you show that you're wise. An understanding heart keeps you cool, calm, and collected no matter what you're facing. And that, my friend, as I've been telling you, is one of the secrets to becoming infinitely happier. Not just about bridling your tongue, because bridling your tongue really is a metaphor for learning how to control what you say when you're under stress. Because when you say the wrong thing, you can do a lot more damage than if you just can be calm and collected and, and think through what you're about to say. But it's it's more about bridling your brain. It's more about thinking about how to handle your thoughts when life is hard. Because it's always hard. And so how do you deal with the racing thoughts, the knee-jerk reactions, the catastrophization and the worst-case scenario thinking and saying the wrong thing or, or reacting uh, in a surrogate fashion where you attack somebody you love or blow up on them or vent your stress and, and uh, you know, sort of annihilate them when the real problem is something that you're scared of or that you're afraid of or that you're hurting over? How do you handle that when your heart's under pressure? That's what this whole thing is about, learning to put that pause between what we feel and what we do so that we can respond properly instead of reacting in a sort of a uh, reflexive way because our reflexes are often aimed at doing things that our real responses would not be benefited by. So that's what we've been talking about for 15 episodes now. And today we're going to just close it out for a little while. Like I said, lots more of the self-brain surgery techniques, lots more ideas, lots more good stuff to come, and hopefully a, a real book uh, coming down the road. I've been getting good feedback from lots of people all over the world with uh, plugs for the ideas that this is helpful. And if it's been helpful to you, uh, go back through those 15 episodes and send me an email, lee at drleewarren.com, and tell me what's what you like, what's working, what's not working. If there's ideas that you have or p- particular types of thought problems that you have that we could talk about, then I think that would be helpful. Help me write this book. So anyway, it's just time to move on for a little bit. Today I've got a jumble of things that I want to discuss. Again, this is not a scripted episode. Sometimes I I actually make outlines. Sometimes I make not really scripts, but detailed outlines of what I want to cover to make sure because I tend to ramble if I don't have a good outline. 
But there's a lot that I woke up with that's on my mind this morning. This is actually not the episode that I intended to record today, uh, but I'll share some things uh, with you as to why we're doing what we're doing today. And um, I'm going to share a little music with you. I'm going to share a couple of cool stories with you. And we're just going to the end of infinity, uh, at least for a little while. And we're going to see how these things connect. We're going to learn a little bit about stumbling stones, interestingly enough. And as always, we're going to start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Okay, I want to tell you one of the coolest things, one of my favorite things about writing books. And of course, I send out a newsletter every week and we connect and I just write and share my heart and my thoughts. And podcasting has given me a new way to do that. Um, and one of the coolest things about podcasting is that I found it to be the most interactive of all the things that I do. People, for whatever reason, they send me emails about the podcast from all over the world. I get, I get connections and people tell me how a particular episode impacted them or how they're feeling or what they're thinking or ask us to pray for stuff. Lisa and I get dozens of emails every week, uh, in response to the podcast and my newsletter. And by the way, if you're not getting my newsletter, then you're only getting a, a small part of what we're doing here. This this is not just a podcast. This is actually a community, an opportunity for you to connect with people all over the world. And WLeeWarrenMD.com slash newsletter is where you can sign up. And for free, every Sunday, I send you a, basically a letter. It's not really a newsletter. It's, it's just a letter in which I describe sort of things that are going on and give you an opportunity to connect. We do Zoom meetings sometimes. We just we connect people, and we've actually had some relationships, friendships start out of that community that have helped other people with each other around the world. So it's bigger than just me and Lisa. But anyway, one of the coolest things is that we hear from people. And recently, I heard from somebody... Um, I'll call him Hank. Let's call him Hank. Um, and he's in Europe... <laughs> And Hank started sending me emails. And the first one, he told me about reading my book and listening to my podcast. And it turns out that Hank's wife, who, from what I can tell from the emails, he's probably about my age. I bet he's in late 40s, early 50s. And his wife was recently diagnosed with glioblastoma. Of course, the malignant brain tumor that I used as the primary subject of my book, I've seen the end of you. So Hank writes to me, and he basically starts telling me about how his wife is going through this and how he's his wife has a great faith and he's been inspired by her faith, but he's a doubter. He's not sure. 
he was uh, raised in a Christian church, but in Europe, um, the church he was in was more um, sort of secular, and he, and he just never really connected. and he, And he's doubting whether God is real, whether whether there's any hope and faith or not. What's going to happen with his wife? And he's just communicating these beautiful thoughts with me. And so I start writing him back, and and we've actually had now five or six really amazing email exchanges. Well, the most recent one is the subject of what I want to talk about today. And I just want to share a little snippet of something he wrote. And I'm not going to identify him or get too far into the personal details of him and his wife, but let me just share something he said. So this is a quote from my friend Hank in the email that he wrote me last week. Quote, Yesterday I had two beers in the city. I could leave for a moment because every day my wife's father shows up in the afternoon. I was alone and gloomy. I went back to the hospital in a sort of prayer, and it was a fairly hard prayer. God, I apparently have to go through something more. Apparently I'm not there yet. And I saw two Stolperstein. These are small stones that you can find in a lot of European cities. These stones are to be found in front of houses where Jews have lived before being deported and killed in World War II. You can translate Stolperstein as stumbling stones. Google it. I often look at those stones, but not always. But while walking and mumbling my prayer, I looked at two stones that I saw. And I saw for the first time the word uberlept. That means survived. I had never seen that. It made me emotional. I walked on and mumbled, this is a miracle. I was a bit in tears and I was very surprised. Something totally unexpected happened that really struck me. Maybe I was told something. Disclaimer, I consider myself a doubter and a seeker and not sure what I will find regarding God. Questions, questions. It was a strong experience. End quote. So I had never heard of Stolperstein before. But I went to Google, of course, like, like my friend Hank said to do, and I found a Wikipedia page about Stolperstein. I'll put the link in the show notes. And let me just read you a little bit about these stones. So Stolperstein is literally translated as stumbling stone and metaphorically a stumbling block. It's a about 10 centimeter, 3.9 inch concrete cube that bears a brass plate inscribed with the name and the life dates of victims of Nazi extermination or persecution. This project was started by an artist, a German artist named Gunter Deming, in 1992, and it aims to commemorate individuals at exactly the last place of residency or work which was freely chosen by them before he or she fell victim to Nazi terror. So things like euthanasia, eugenics, deportation, concentration camps, extermination. So these this artist, basically, and as of December of, of last year, by the way, they've done 75,000 of these stones throughout Europe. So he, the idea was to have a decentralized memorial, or not a place that you can choose or not choose to go to, but actually a stone that you would just discover in the city. So this is from the Wikipedia page about Stolperstein, and I'll put the link in the show notes. The name of the Stolperstein project invokes multiple illusions. In Nazi Germany, there was an anti-Semitic saying that when you accidentally stumbled over a stone that protruded from the sidewalk, it was, they would say, a Jew must be buried here. In a metaphorical sense, then, the German term Stolperstein can mean potential problem, or it can mean to stumble across something. 
in German and in English, it can also mean to find out by chance. Thus, the term provocatively invokes an anti-Semitic remark of the past, but at the same time, intends to provoke thoughts about a serious issue. Stolperstein are not placed prominently, but are rather discovered by chance, only recognizable when passing by at a close distance, in contrast to central memorial places, which according to Deming can be easily avoided or bypassed. Stolperstein represent a much deeper intrusion of memory into everyday life. Now, I was reading all these emails from my friend Hank, and I read about the Stolperstein and the way Hank is seeking and frustrated and doubting and hurting for his wife, and all this stuff came together, and I saw something remarkable. It reminded me of a story in 1 Kings nineteen eleven through 13. Here's what it says. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave, and suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And this hit me, friend, like a ton of bricks. So here's Hank in the storm of his wife facing this usually terminal illness. He can't hear God. He's doubting. He can't hear God in the hospital. He can't hear God when he's talking to the neurosurgeons in this foreign country where they're seeking help. He can't hear God in the busy city. And then he stumbles onto the random Stolperstein in the sidewalk. And out of the 75,000 or so of those memorials placed throughout the continent, my friend Hank finds two that say, Uberlept. And that word means survived. So here's two stones in the midst of thousands of stones strewn throughout seemingly random locations across the continent, and he's in the midst of the busy storm, fire, earthquake of his wife's illness, and he runs across two that survived. He's in the wind, he's in the earthquake, he's in the fire, and he can't find God, and then the stone speaks, the still small voice, and it says that someone survived. And so I wrote that to him. Sometimes God, I said, speaks to us in the quiet, in the memories, in the memorials, in the stones, in the gentle breeze. We're talking, we're praying together. He and I have been emailing back and forth. We're going to try to Zoom this weekend. And he sent a picture of his wife. And it stopped me in my tracks. Because in the midst of all this that she's going through, she's got this big smile on her face. She's holding her thumb up. And you can see in her face, she's uber-lipped. No matter what. She's going to have the smile, the strength that says she's more like Joey in my book than some others. Like no matter what this disease does to her, it's not taking her spirit. It's not taking her quality of life. It's not taking her faith. It's not going to determine her emotional state. She's going to determine how she feels. She can't control the number of her days, but she can be in charge of whether her heart survives. And so it was in this context, with all that on my mind, that I came to sit down to bring you this episode. And I planned to tell you the story, to tell you to pray for Hank, to pray with you and for you. But then something else happened. It's just remarkable how this played out. I was feeling tired, and frankly, rarely do I let myself do this, but I was feeling kind of sorry for myself about my stupid hearing. 
and all the work that we're doing, getting this place off the ground. I'm a little worried about the final details before we start operating next week. A little frustrated that we hit the ground so hard here that we've still got boxes to unpack and lots of work left to do. A little stress that our team is all going through a lot. We're, we're working so hard and trying to get everything right. We had a couple of days where everybody was kind of frazzled and, and everybody was a little stressed. We even got on each other's nerves a little bit. And I sat down to do my morning routine in the midst of all this context. Now, here's my morning routine. Every morning, I get up early. That's the only time I can control in the day. I listen to worship music right now with just my right headphone because the left side music is driving me nuts. I read my Bible. I write my first email of the day every day to Lisa. No matter what I'm going through, the first thing I do every morning after I read my Bible and listen to worship music and pray is send Lisa an email that I call Lemail because I want her to know that she's first on my heart for the day. The first thing I want to communicate is with her. So I sit down to write her Lemail, and while I'm reading my Bible, I usually use BibleGateway.com. It's just the online software uh, version of the Bible that I use. And as it so happened, seemingly random, the verse of the day was Ephesians three fourteen through 21. And here's what it says. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. So I read that, and I've got this big, stupid smile on my face, and I realized that the song that's playing in my headphones in my right ear only at that very moment is greater than great from my friend Tommy Walker. And go back a few episodes ago and listen to Tommy Walker on my podcast. It's a great talk, and he's had a huge impact on my life and on my faith. And that song, Greater Than Great, friend, randomly, right, is taken directly from Ephesians 3. The bridge is this. Greater is the one who is able to do more than we can ask or imagine according to his power within us. He's the God who can do anything. And I just started laughing. Here I am, stressed out and feeling time pressured to get you this episode because I'm in such a hurry because I'm late because I'm already stressed out about my ear and I didn't feel good recording and and I'm later than I wanted to be and I'm thinking that my lateness is going to mess you up in some way. And I'm reading Ephesians 3 and listening to Tommy Walker sing about Ephesians 3 while I'm preparing to record a podcast in which I'm going to encourage you to be infinitely happier while hearing God reminded me that he's infinitely more able to help me and you than I can ask or even imagine. So I took a break, of course, like all great writers do when I'm stressed about being behind, I procrastinate. So I took a break and I wrote Tommy an email 
to tell him that this story, I just wanted to tell him this story and encourage him and say, hey, it's 3.30 in the morning. I can't sleep. I'm listening to your music. I'm writing about Infinitely Happier, and here you are singing about Ephesians 3, which, I mean, duh, should be the theme verse for this whole series, right? Infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. And I just said to Tommy, I was having trouble sleeping. I'm stressed out. I'm worried about some stuff. Can you pray for me? And by the way, your song came right at the right moment and that you blessed me with that. I just sent that. felt like I should thank him. And so here's the remarkable part. All of that was enough, right? But here's the remarkable part. I took that break to send the email to Tommy, thinking that I would get right back on and finish recording this. But of course, I got interrupted. The phone rang. Something came up. Lisa got up. We ended up getting busy. We had stuff going on. And I never got back to recording yesterday. So you're hearing my voice right now. It's not Thursday anymore. It's Friday now. It's Friday, July 10th, 2020. And 24 hours has passed. It's now about five, uh, 5.30 in the morning now. 24 hours have passed since I recorded the previous part of this podcast and sent that email to Tommy Walker. Well, guess what? I know why now. Because Tommy wrote me back. And what Tommy said was in his reply, Lee, wow, I was having trouble sleeping last night too, and I was listening to your podcast, numerous old episodes, and you were blessing me too. You get that, friend? I'm in Nebraska writing a email to Lisa, encouraging her to be infinitely happier, while listening to Tommy, who's also having trouble sleeping at the same moment, and he's listening to me in California, and we're both helping each other. Now, I wrote this email. That's amazing, right? I wrote this email to Lisa, but it's for you too, and it's for me, and it's for Tommy, and it's for Hank, and his wife, and it's for other people. It's for all of us. And here's what I wrote to Lisa yesterday after thinking about all these things. I'm going to leave out the parts that were just personal to her. Here's the, here's the part that's for you. <laughs> I want you to have infinitely more than you can ask or imagine now and in eternity. Infinite peace of mind. Infinite resilience for the hard parts of life, those you've already known and those to come. Infinite access to the glorious, unlimited resources of God to empower you. Infinite family and comfort as he makes his home in your heart. An infinite trust that he's always good and always for you. Infinite depth to the roots sinking into his foundation to steady you. And an infinite grasp of the width, height, and depth of his infinite love for you. Infinite experience of his full life and power. Also, that you can accomplish infinitely more than you can ask or even imagine. And that you will be revitalized spiritually and professionally and in every other way. So that you can be infinitely happier. Above the drama. Above the fray. Healthy and happy, reset and resupplied and restocked and repositioned and ready for anything because he has more for you, my friend, infinitely more. And he's given you a brain that's so much more capable of handling your life in a healthier, less stressed, less anxious, clearer and cleaner and infinitely happier way than you can ask or even imagine. And sometimes you need self-brain surgery to get you there. Now, friend, while all that was happening in the background during that 24 hours, 
I received another email from a listener named Johnny who's having yet another cardiac stent after he's already had multiple bypasses and stents and heart attacks that first started happening when he was 32 years old, even though he's otherwise healthy and young. And he said, I just wanted you to know how much your work is helping me, and I wanted to bless your heart like you're blessing mine. So here I am stressed out thinking do i have time for this can i can i make this work i'm running late and you know i've got too much going on and maybe this doesn't matter maybe i shouldn't be doing these things and johnny writes that and another email from a woman whose brother is within days of dying from glioblastoma who wrote to me to thank me for writing i've seen the end of you because it's helping them process and a woman named juliana who wrote from michigan to say hey i just woke up with you and lisa on my heart today and i wanted you to know that i was praying for you So all of that and the frustrating delay I was feeling over not getting my silly podcast out on time. But that allowed time for the reply from Tommy Walker and all these other emails and for me to put all this together in my head that it's not all about me, that God was in the moment and we were all being reminded of how infinitely able he is to help us with everything that we're going through. So here's the take home, my friend. Whatever you're going through, God is greater. Whatever storm you're in, he's bigger. And I guess I'm being reminded that we're all in this together. Whatever you're in now might seem new or seem so insurmountable. But remember my episode a few weeks ago about history poems. Mark Twain said, or at least he's said to have said, that history doesn't usually repeat itself, but it often rhymes. So even if this feels new to you, realize that you've made it through hard stuff before and don't be in such a rush in the midst of the wind and the earthquake and the fire that you miss the still small voice. Don't miss bumping up against the Stolperstein because you might, if you stop to notice, actually see the one that says Uberlept, survived. And you might remember that like Hank's wife in the picture he sent me that you survived before and no matter what happens now, God is greater than anything you can ask or even imagine. He's infinitely greater than anything you can ask or even imagine. Now I want to read the email, the email that I wrote to Lisa again. And I want to leave you with that, but not exactly leave you with it because I also asked Tommy in the email if it would be okay for me to share his song Greater Than Great with you on the podcast and he said yes his daughter Eileen sings on it her voice is amazing by the way so I'm going to play that song for you now and then we'll wrap up
That song is for you, friend. It's for Hank, it's for his wife, it's for Johnny, it's for Juliana, it's for the lady whose brother is dying of glioblastoma, it's for me, it's for Lisa, it's for our team, it's for everybody. Let the song be a Stolperstein. Remember, sometimes you survive, that every life ends, but there's something bigger than how many days you get. It's up to us to be infinitely happier, no matter how many days we get or how hard those days are. Here's Lisa's email again. We're going to wrap this up with Lisa's email. We're going to pray. We're going to be done. I want you to have infinitely more than you can ask or imagine now and in eternity. Infinite peace of mind. Infinite resilience for the hard parts of life. Those you've already known and those to come. Infinite access to the glorious, unlimited resources to empower you from God. Infinite family and comfort as he makes his home in your heart. And infinite trust that he's always good and he's always for you. Infinite depth to the roots sinking into the foundation to steady you. An infinite grasp of the width, height, and depth of his infinite love for you, friend. Infinite experience of his full life and power. Also, that you can accomplish infinitely more than you can ask or even imagine and that you will be revitalized spiritually and professionally and in every other way so that you can be infinitely happier. 
above the drama, above the fray, happy and healthy, reset and resupplied and restocked and repositioned and ready for anything because he has more for you, my friend, infinitely more. And he has given you a brain that's so much more capable of handling your life in a healthier, less stressed, less anxious, clearer and cleaner and infinitely happier way than you can ask or even imagine. But sometimes you need self-brain surgery to get you there. And he put all of that in you, all that capability, all that promise, all that greatness, all that technical ability to help your own self. Sometimes you just need a little help to get there. Can I pray for you? Seems a little weird for me, praying into a microphone, somebody I'm not going to see their face. But you know what? God has shown me this thing is not about me. It's not even just about you. So we're going to pray. God, thank you. For this day, as I watch the sun coming up over the North Platte River and knowing that you've got something amazing in store for today and that this day you ordained before you created any one of us, you tell us in your word, Father, that all the days of our life are written in your book before one of them came to pass. You tell us that you see the end from the beginning, that you're never surprised by the things that come along, even when they are terribly surprising to us. And God, I just pray right now for my friend who's hearing this, whether they're in Nebraska or Colorado or Botswana or Uganda or Colombia or Brazil or the UK or Australia or New Zealand or Indonesia or Malaysia or Romania or the Ukraine or Finland or Iceland or any of the other 75 or so countries that are going to hear this today. Wherever my friend is, Father, whatever they are going through, you are infinitely greater to handle it. You are beyond anything they can ask or even imagine. And so I ask you today, Father, that in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the earthquake, of whatever it is that's going on in their life, that they will bump up against the Stolperstein that reminds them that you are bigger, that you are greater, that you are stronger, that you are there, that they can hear your still small voice no matter how loud life's noise gets. And Father, I've been reminded in the last few days with this roar, this rattle, this hum in my left ear that's blocking out sound. I can't hear Lisa's sweet voice because this rattle and hum is in my head. I've been reminded that life's noise can sometimes drown out the things that you want us to hear. But let us hear your voice more clearly. Come through at a frequency, Father. Let us bump up against you and remember that you are infinitely greater that you are greater than all we can ask or imagine. You are able to do anything. You are greater than great, stronger than strong, higher than high, wiser than wise. Our God is above and beyond. And Father, bless my friend hearing this right now and give them resilience, give them courage, give them strength, give them self-brain surgery, give them the ability to filter out the noise, to learn to respond after thought, after meditation and prayer, and not reflexively, reactively. Father, that you would keep them safe, that you would give them insight and wisdom and strength and patience and kindness and mercy over justice. Let them love and remember to forgive like they've been forgiven to not harbor resentment, but to forgive and to have mercy and to love mercy because that will set them free from whatever it is that they're facing. Father, and today that they would just remind themselves and that you would remind them in your still small voice that you are infinitely greater and you can help them be infinitely happier. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. 
friend, I'm going to leave you with this series for a little while. But it's not over. I'll be back, and the book's coming together, and we're going to keep talking. We're going to keep doing two episodes a week, but we're going to move on to something else for a little while. But for now, I want you to find the still, small voice. Find the Stolperstein. And pray for Hank and for his wife, for the whole world right now, for our leaders, for our countries, for those affected by COVID and by all the unrest, for the people who are so wrapped up in being offended and seeking justice that they can't remember that they need to have mercy too. And if you have a little extra time, pray for smaller things, like my hearing, like this work that we're doing in Nebraska, that people will be served well and that lives will be saved and improved and pain will be relieved and that our team will be a blessing to this area of the country. Look, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And sometimes that starts by remembering, by noticing, by listening, by realizing that God is working for the good of all of us and all the time. And like Hank and his wife and me and Lisa and Tommy, all in the same morning, sometimes he's working on the same thing. I love that great sense of humor that God has to put all that together with the same verse and the same song all at the same time. And I just wanted today to bring you this idea, to pray with you about it. And I want you to be infinitely happier no matter what you're facing. I want you to be uberlept. I want you to have survived in your spirit, whatever it is that you're facing in your life. Look, this is self-brain surgery, friend. It's biblical, it's neuroscience, it's good self-care, and it will help you. But for it to help you, you have to start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.